Brian and Jackie. Next week we'll have lots more opportunity to sign up for small groups and be classes starting in the fall, so get ready for that. I am Tom, one of the staff pastors here, and uh, privileged to continue our study in the book of Acts on making an impact. What kind of person is God creating us to be so that we can make an impact for the kingdom of God? I'm going to start off with a little illustration this morning. I didn't bring my garbage here. Um, So, I got a couple different kinds of balloons, kind of a simple little illustration. First of all, we just got a regular balloon filled with air, and of course, what happens to it? Just goes down like that. Uh, I got one more here, a little smaller one. Balloons come in all sizes, right? And then, I've got, this is going to take a second, got another balloon here. A second here, got it all wrapped up. It's in here. So Kathleen, my wife, was asking me what I'm doing with a helium balloon. And she's, she knows me too well. She said, you're not going to um, take in helium, are you? And then speak. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Now, a helium balloon, as you know, helium balloon goes up because it's filled with helium, right? And uh, it can go real high there, and um, my little illustration's not going to work. Can's not going up, but uh, see, here's what's supposed to happen, was I was going to uh, pretend like I lost it. Uh, which I didn't, because just like when you go fishing, I caught a snag here. Uh, we'll put this down over here. So what, what is the point of all these shenanigans? The uh, point is that depending on what we're filled with, it's how we act and think and feel. You are what you're filled with. That is the primary message here in Acts chapter 6 and 7. What you do, what you think, what you feel depends on what you are filled with. What are you filled with today? Some of you have been at the Sweet Corn Festival and you're saying corn, 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 corn. That's not what I'm talking about. What are you filled with? Over in Acts chapter 6, we read about Stephen, and he's the illustration we have this morning in Scripture of what God calls us to be filled with. It says in Acts 6, 3, brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. He's full of the Spirit and wisdom, and specifically in Acts chapter 6, verse 5, it says, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 6, verse 5. So, be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what God invites us to do. Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. This was a requirement, as we just read about the men that were chosen to serve at the tables. We talked about that a little bit last week. Being filled with the Spirit does not refer to an ecstatic experience, 
but daily life under the control of the Holy Spirit, given evidence, as Pastor Gabe said, by the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These qualities are not produced overnight, but in a lifetime of walking with the Lord, living under the Lord's control and submitting to Him, a daily walk in the Spirit is how we bear the fruit of the Spirit. Lots of other people who are filled with the Spirit, including Jesus in Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit when he, fill, when he faced the temptations that Satan brought to him. If we're going to face some temptations, we need to be filled with the Spirit. Now last week, as I said, we looked at one of the qualities of a person who is filled with the Spirit, and we saw how these chosen servants served at the tables. And so one of the aspects of being a person full of the Spirit is asking ourselves, do I have a desire to serve? Am I serving? Is God using me as I'm serving? Willingness to serve is one of the signs of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And many of you do that really, really well. In the church, outside of the church, in your community where you live, in your neighborhood, where you live and work, however and wherever the Lord leads you. So more on Stephen here. Later in chapter 6, verse 10, it says that they could not stand up, that is, they, those who were opposed to the good news of the gospel of Jesus, they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by which he spoke. So next, we are filled with wisdom. As we're filled with the spirit, another sign of being filled with the spirit is that we're growing in wisdom. You remember, again, Jesus, it says, was growing in wisdom and stature and God says that we grow in wisdom as we grow in the Lord. Now, the Old Testament Hebrew word for wisdom is related to acquiring a skill. It's a word that was used, for instance, of people that worked on the temple and the tabernacle as they had skills to make furniture that went into it. And so wisdom is really the ultimate life skill. Proverbs is a book of wisdom filled with counsel on how we're to live. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 2.6, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So for growing in wisdom, we're growing closer to the Lord, and then we're understanding and applying more and more of his word. Proverbs 13, 20, add this to the mix. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So the third element, if we want to grow wise, grow close to God, know God's word, and then hang around with other wise people. So are you growing closer to the Lord? Are you getting to know his word? And who are you hanging with? That's the third element of growing wiser. 
Next, it tells us that Stephen was a man filled with faith. Third sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that we're growing in faith. Acts 6.5 specifically says that Stephen was a man full of faith. Faith means trusting in God and in his word. It's an action word. Trusting in faith means, for example, many people have used this illustration before, if I believe that this chair will hold me, if I have faith that this chair will hold me, then I'll go and I'll sit in it. And so to have faith means that we put our full weight on Jesus. And we trust fully and completely in him. We believe that he is Lord and Savior, that he died on the cross for our sins. We come in faith to him, and it transforms us. So be filled with faith. It's an action word. Sometimes the illustration that I'll use is faith involves our head, our heart, and our hands. Meaning that when we are growing in faith, we're being transformed in mind, in feelings and passions, and in the way that we serve with our hands. So if you're a person of faith, you're growing in faith, you're being transformed in what you think, in what you feel, and in what you do. And so we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we're growing and filled with faith. Next, we're filled with grace. Verse 8. Stephen, a man full of God's grace. Jesus was full of grace and truth in John chapter 1, verse 14. What's grace? When you hear the word grace, think of another G word, gift. God's grace is his gift to us. The gift of his son sent for our salvation to die in our place tells us in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That includes me, it includes you, it includes, includes every person on planet earth. But Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God's gift offered to you this day, this hour. Will you take the gift? We receive God's gift of salvation. That's the offer he gives to every one of us. And once we've received God's gift, once we've received God's forgiveness, once we know that we have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have peace with God, we have forgiveness, and then we offer grace to other people. Right? We see that I'm getting a little ahead of the story, but we see that at the end of Acts chapter 7, verse 60, where it says that those who were seeking to persecute and murder Stephen, what does he say? He says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Stephen knew that he had been greatly forgiven and he could forgive others. Brother, sister, if you've received God's forgiveness, then you can forgive others. 
greatly forgiven, we can greatly forgive. It's God's grace. God's grace received allows us to give grace to others, doesn't it? Then be filled with boldness, verse 8, or power. God gave Stephen the ability, it says, to perform great powers and signs among the people. Acts chapter 6, verse 8. In the New Testament, the apostles and Stephen, Barnabas, and Philip were the only ones who were said to perform miracles. But all of God's people were filled with power. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. He gave testimony of what God had done. And he landed in jail. Then they gathered back as Peter and John came back with the rest of the followers of Jesus. I want you to catch this in chapter 4, verse 31 of Acts. After they prayed, a place where they were meeting was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. What did they do then? They spoke the word of God boldly. In other words, it wasn't just Stephen. It wasn't just Peter and John. It was the whole church. It was the whole church who spoke boldly. My point being this. Sometimes we get in conversations. Me too. Sometimes we get in conversations and we don't know what to say. We don't know how to say it. We want to give testimony of what God has done, who he is, how he's transformed our lives. And there's times when I just need to pray silently as I'm in a conversation. God, help me. Give me the right words. Help me what to say. Help me not to say what is not helpful. But help me to say what is helpful. Particularly sometimes with family. Particularly when things may be like got a little tense. And we just need to pray, Lord, help me. Fill me with your spirit. Do you have trouble bringing up spiritual things? Ask God to fill you with his spirit. Then be filled with God's glory, verses 9 through 15. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called. Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified, this fellow never stops speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. Stephen was probably a member of one of these synagogues. You remember that the Christians did not necessarily immediately leave the synagogues. They would be there interacting with fellow Jewish brothers and sisters. But when he, he began to preach that the Old Testament 
speaks to the truth of the coming of the Messiah and that everything that Moses said pointed to Jesus and that the laws and the prophets pointed to Jesus. They went crazy. It's too much. They began to debate him and then they used false witnesses and they stirred up the people and they dragged him before the Sanhedrin and accused him of speaking against the temple and against the law. And then they charged him claiming that, with claiming that Jesus would destroy the temple and the customs that Moses had handed down in verse 14. Then there's a inter- very interesting statement in verse 15. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. What does that mean? To have a face of an angel. Immediately what pops into a lot of our minds are little chubby-faced, winged things that come out during Valentine's Day. That's not what we're talking about. I can tell you that. Some people think that it's similar to what people saw when Moses had met with God. Over in Exodus chapter 34, 29, it says, Moses came down from Mount Sinai with two tablets of the testimony in his hands. He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. I think we're getting closer. Some kind of serene calmness. Remember Peter and John when they had been uh, taken and those who were against them said that in Acts chapter 4 verse 13 the Jewish leaders recognized that they had been with Jesus. Acts 4 13. So We may not look like an angel, whatever that means. But the point is that we should reflect God's glory in the way that Moses did and in the way that apparently angels do. That's the point. Be full of God's glory, of what he's doing, of how he's worked in your life. Be full of God's presence. That's what we're talking about. As the Holy Spirit fills us, we reflect God's glory. Then be filled with God's word. Acts 7, verses 1 through 53. I'm not going to read all that. There's a lot of good teaching in Acts chapter 7. You can read it. I encourage you to read it. It's a good summary, a retelling of what God has done down through history and particularly highlights the stubbornness of Israel, their rejection of God's message, of what he wanted them to do. And it shows how God worked in the midst of that stubbornness and how he accomplished his purposes and Like I said, Stephen is charged with speaking against God's law, against the truth of the Old Testament. 
And Stephen turns this upside down in verses 51 through 53. You stiff-necked people. How would you like to hear that? Uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. So Stephen is filled with the Holy Spirit. Now he's saying that those who are opposed to the gospel... They are resisting the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who have received the laws delivered by angels and did not keep it. So he's turning the tables upside down. He's saying it's actually you who are rejecting all that God did and what he's spoken as truth in the Old Testament. And now you've just killed the righteous one, Jesus, whom God sent as your Savior. What's the point? God doesn't want us to have dead religion. God doesn't want us just to be involved in rituals. He invites you into relationship. He invites you when you trust in him in faith to have a personal relationship with him. God's not into religious systems or dead religion. He wants to be your God, your friend, your Savior, your Lord. Be filled with God's word so you know who God is and what he's accomplished on the cross for you, and then trust in him in faith. Then be filled with forgiveness. This is a hard one for us. Say, yeah, I want to be filled with God's spirit. I want to be filled with God's word. I want to be filled with faith. I want to serve. This one takes some heart work, doesn't it? Because things happen. We get hurt. And then to work that through, that's hard. Look what happened to Stephen, verses 54 through 60. Now when they'd heard these things, they were enraged. They ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice. They stopped their ears. They rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. We'll later know him as Paul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. They couldn't silence his arguments, so they silenced him. It's an old line with a twist. If you can't beat them, then beat them. Especially noticed his demeanor. He's focused on Jesus, calling upon God for help. He's asking the Lord to not hold this sin against them. He's already forgiven them. 
But he asked the Lord not to hold this against them. A story. Back in the days of communism, back in Romania, there was a pastor by the name of Joseph Tsan. And he escaped from Romania and went to England to study God's word, finished his studies, and then he told his friends, he said, I'm going back to Romania. They, they tried to dissuade him from doing this. They said, well, they're going to arrest you at the border. Why do you want to go back into that communist country? Don't you know what will happen? What chance do you think you'll have of implementing the plans you have? And Joseph San, he said, later wrote, he says, chances of success, he says, I never thought in those terms. He says, I was thinking in terms of obedience. I knew the king had said, go, and I had a job to do. And so I said, yes, sir. So he did go back to Romania. And he was hassled by the communist officials and by the regime that was there. One day his house was searched and the communist officials found his commentaries and theological books. And they told him, they said, why don't you take each one and sign it so you can declare that it's yours. So he began to pull the books off of his shelf, signing each one. And as he was doing this, he pulled a book out that on the title, on the front of the book, it had this title, Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory. Okay, he, he's being persecuted. These communist officials are persecuting him greatly. And he pulls out this book, Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory. The subtitle was, Is This Your Experience Now? According to the way that Joseph San tells the story, he says, right at that moment, God did a heart work in his life. And he responded to what the Lord was telling him. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit and... He said to his wife, he said, let's get these gentlemen some coffee. And God gave him peace, and God gave him the ability to respond in a way that was kind to these people that were seeking to hurt him. And he was allowed to give witness to the Lord. Many times, I've been worked up about things. You ever get worked up about things? Things that I shouldn't necessarily get worked up, whether it's a financial situation, whether it's things going on in a relationship, and I start getting worked up. Sooner or later, say, God, why am I getting worked up about this? Help me. Help me. You've been there. And probably will be there again. And 
Praise God, as the years go by, I'll learn how to get there faster. But sometimes we get worked up about things. And God says, will you just give it to me? And be filled with the Holy Spirit and allow me, God says, to fill your life. So what are you filled with today? What will you be filled with tomorrow? 1977, I was a lost soul on the run, running my life on empty. And so there was a song that came out with that title, Running on Empty, by Jackson Brown. Receiving Jesus as Savior filled me. Receiving Jesus as Savior fills you. But old things die hard. And so that's what I say again and again. We need to learn and grow. And maybe that's the way it is for you today, running on empty. Running on your own strength, your own ideas, your own way of trying to make life work. Maybe you're a parent of a teenager and you're just running on empty trying to figure out how to help him or her. Maybe you're a teenager running on empty and you're trying to figure out what's, what's my identity and what's going on, what's my friendships, what's going on, I'm just feeling empty. Maybe you're a young mother literally running and you get tired out. Somebody once said that when our kids are small, we're always physically tired. As they get into teen years and 20s, we're always emotionally tired. And that's true as well. You might be an adult, and maybe you've made some wrong turns, and God is redirecting you. And you need to stop running on empty, start running on the fuel that God gives being filled with the Holy Spirit. You might be physically sick, running on empty, and you need God's healing and his help and his strength, and he wants to be a help and strength to you. Maybe you're widowed, working through the loss of someone you love, running on empty. You need God to fill you. The Lord knows. He desires to fill you. He desires to be the one who you're closest to. He invites you. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. These are true experiences, true opportunities, a true invitation the Lord has and invites you into. If your emotional tank is, dry, is empty today, if your, your physical tank is tired if you're working through things and you need the filling of the Holy Spirit, come to him now. Say, Lord, fill me. Help me. Begins with the Holy Spirit and then it leads and grows in our lives as we grow and are filled with wisdom and faith, forgiveness, and a glorious relationship with the Lord that gets us through the daily grind every day. Let's pray to that end and for his help. Lord, 
We come to you and each of us has different situations in our lives, in our families, and in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, and we just come to you today, whatever it is, wherever we need you, Lord, we give the things that don't matter over to you, and we just ask you, fill us, grow us, deepen us in relationship with you in this day, throughout this week, in Jesus' name.